0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Signature West Podcast. I'm your host, Sam West, from Thomas Springs, California. My guest today is Rick Karatosh, and he's the author of the book called Rainbow Relatives. One of the chapters of the book is titled Daddy Left Mommy for Tommy. Before you get excited about what that means, let's find out from the man himself, and we'll go from there. Hi, Rick.
1: There we go. (laughs) Hi, Hi, how you doing? How are you? Good.
0: So um, before we get into what that chapter means. Let's go, let's start from the beginning. So you start writing songs at the age of 14. Yeah. Uh, what happened at the age of 14? You were, that's very young. Maybe. Oh, I don't know,
1: I just remember, yeah, I just remember having ideas for songs. I didn't like play guitar or instruments or anything. I just got ideas for little melodies in my head or, or lyrics, mostly lyrics and stuff, and I just write them down. I, remember, I think I was about 14, because I, I had a little book I remember of the different songs.
0: And, and then uh, you went from from songs to screenplays.
1: Yeah, well, songs to like sketches. I started writing little sketches, like comedy sketches, and I would shoot those. I never thought I would write full screenplays or books or anything. I just, and then, and then I had an idea for a screenplay, and so that, and it went from there. And then just the ideas kept coming. Yeah.
0: So it kind of happened organically. It wasn't really you didn't you didn't sit beginning to say I want to do a screenplay like some people do. So I know that that's Yeah, no, start. And some
1: people. Yeah, and some people write a screenplay to put themselves in it as an actor, to be the main actor in it, and right, they right. make it their own project. I don't do, I just do write whatever the story is. If I fit in one of the parts, great, and I can maybe be in it. But right. I, yeah, I just write whatever comes to me, yeah.
0: And I had one of your, um, I had a guest uh, that you wrote a song for, uh, Christian, uh, Adrian Christian. You wrote yes. his song, uh, Midnight Will Be Clear.
1: Yeah, um, that was a, Christ- that was a Christmas that yeah, a Christmas song I wrote, and I had done a little video to it myself, just to for fun. And Adrian was in the video, and he loved the song so much that he was when he was recording his Christmas CD in Nashville. He asked, he said, "I want to record this." I'm like, "I would love for you to record it because he sings much mm. better than I do." So yes, yeah, so, and it, we released it. He released it in November of last year, and it, it got some airplay on radio stations, and it's on iTunes. And so he did a That's good cool. job. Yeah, it's a nice
0: song. That's a nice song. Thanks so and then from there you start writing books yes and then you wrote the book um rainbow relatives
1: yes i wrote uh, rainbow relatives a few years ago and then which we're going to mostly talk about and then a, a new one after that was how catering sucked the life right out of me so always a comedy theme usually with me
0: except rainbow is not really comedy rainbow no um,
1: no but i use humor in it to kind of get points across and and um but yes, yeah, now it's more educational. Like
0: is, yeah. So that took five years to write. It's a long time. Um, but, you know, it, it's not that long, but it's a long time. Why did you want to write the book? First of all, what was the why behind the book?
1: Yeah. Um, quite a few years back, I was talking to my sister in, uh, in Delaware, and I'm in California. And I was asking her if her kids, my nieces and nephews, knew about my orientation. And she's like, yeah, I, I think so. I'm not sure. I don't know how to talk about that. I wish there was a book on that so I'm like oh that's a good idea and so that night I came up with a title how to tell the kids about Uncle Mary and Aunt Butch but that was too corny and too whatever so but I wanted to have some humor in it so and then I just went from there but that's where it came from um, from in my own family I I wasn't sure they were very young her kids at the time too so um, now they're much you know older.
0: But did you have an idea how do you want to Dissect the book and what was the process be like? How are you gonna start? How are you gonna be in the middle? How are you gonna end it? Or did you
1: just when it first came to me, I had no idea. And I when I what I did was the first chapter, you know, was um, because it was coming out to nieces and nephews. That was kind of the topic I started with. And it, again, I use humor, so that chapter is called "There Was No Monster in Your Closet, But Your Uncle Was." So it's right. but and then my other sister told me about Leslie Newman, who has a lot of children's books with LGBT themes to read to kids. And so I interviewed her. And what, would, and what would happen was I would interview people with different, you know, and then I thought about topics. Okay, uh, same-sex couples who have kids, transgender. Um, when uh, two moms and two dads, a lot of families are that. So then I would interview people and they would always refer me to someone else or interview this person, interview that person. So
0: how many and did they, you interview all together?
1: Probably 35 or 40, I think. And I, so it's their real stories. and. Um, about how they just dealt with different issues and situations. I even interviewed Shelly Wright, the country singer who came out, um, and Del Shores who wrote and directed Sorted Lives. So that was kind of a fun
0: chapter. So, I don't know, I have nieces and nephews and I have siblings, and to this day, nieces and nephews, the topic never comes up. It's like an unspoken topic. So when you interviewed 40 people, Was all these stories the same? I can't even imagine.
1: No, I mean, some people like, and again, it's a lot of times it doesn't really come up. It's like if someone comes over with their partner and they just all know, but it's not, a lot of families are very silent. They don't talk about, which is okay, as long as you're not like hiding stuff because then it looks like, you know, it's something to be ashamed of or something's wrong. But a lot of families don't, and you don't need to talk, You show by example also. You just, it is, it's just every family and every person is like everyone else in a way, like, so so um,
0: chapter two which is daddy left mommy for tommy who did you interview for that
1: that one a few people who like uh someone that her like was married she was married for 15 years had three kids and then her husband came out as gay um so how she dealt with that and with this kind of with the school you know kids being kind of can be cruel so she didn't want the cousins to know they went to the same school and that kind of thing um another guy whose kids didn't take it too well. When he told he was telling them that you know why he separated from their mom because he was gay and um they were latino and that that's kind of has the macho
0: right Culture. you know
1: thing to it um so yeah people so that chapter's about when one parent turns out to be gay and what happens i also well i talked to a few therapists in one chapter and that subject comes up a little bit too because a lot of times there's a divorce and it's hard enough for kids in a divorce but when a parent is now gay also it makes it even harder so and it's funny that title i didn't come up with that title i came up with every title of each chapter except someone else someone else thought of that one for me which i was very creative i thought of many of my uh chapter titles but um like the transgender chapter is kids your father well she has something to tell you you know so again there's serious things like bullying and especially with this chapter
0: Chapter Seven: Religion. Pray for the gay bachelors to go away. Or to bash it away. Yeah. What was that about? I mean,
1: so uh, a lot of is- the biggest issue, which again, the adults have the issues, not the kids. A lot of times, you know, right. it's kind of ironic. But the biggest thing, a lot of times, is not religion itself, but the way people use it to uh, discriminate or to take people's rights away or say, or to just if saying God is saying you're wrong for being gay, so if, parent, if kids are gay or they have a gay parent or relative, now they're being told there's something wrong with their parent or they're going to, you know, hell or whatever, you know. So that chapter, I interviewed even um, some openly gay pastors for that chapter, like Gerald Walls, who's in uh, North Hollywood, he's a pastor there. And um, so that chapter, yeah, is just on different, a couple of stories from people You know, some people had relatives who were prayer, had prayer warriors, and they would be getting letters from strangers, how they needed to change their ways. And, you know, and, you know, it's funny, the religion thing, I was doing a book signing in, uh, I think, Maryland, and a woman was walking by, she saw the signs, well, what's the book about? And I told her, or she is it a conservative perspective or whatever? And I said, or I I just said, you know, it's... I forget what I told her, but she, I could tell she knew. She kind of was a little bit put off by it and she kind well, of Well, the
0: cover away. of your book and the title has nothing to do with gayness. The cover, yeah, so, I mean, you can never tell. I couldn't tell. Right.
1: Yeah, so I told her it's about uh, talking to kids about LGBT families and friends and topics. And she said? And she was kind of like... I, her, I I took it as, are you telling people that's okay? I mean, it's okay to be. Are you not? I kind of got that. She came to me later, and she said, "Listen, I wish you all the luck." I, you know, she goes, "I have a, a cousin who's gay. I love him to death, but I, I'm, I I believe in in God, and I believe He believes it's wrong, and men and two men should not be married." And and her intentions were good. I mean, she. But you can't really argue or have a comment if somebody's saying God is telling them something. I'm. I can't say, well, God is wrong. I just have to kind of. You know, I kind of said something to her, you, well, because she said her brother, or not brother, cousin, um, you know, had a, was a, had a part, um a husband or something. And she, I said, well, he must, he must not feel welcome in your house. Well, why? What do you mean I love him? But you're telling him his husband, you know, you don't, you're not okay with their relationship because of religion. Again, it's the, or the way they interpret so, religion.
0: So here's my, here's my my confusion were your audience catered toward the ones that can't understand that can't understand or have the capacity to talk to their kids or was it was it was the audience for everybody that doesn't know how to talk like the religious ones or the bachelor ones or the non-believers was it who was who was the target audience because like my like my 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 sibling for example that book could not apply to them they wouldn't know how to even they, they wouldn't they just would not have the conversation, they're not gonna talk to to, to their children about who I am, or what I am.
1: So the book is good for people like that to read, or are you asking people I interviewed for it? I don't know. um, the people,
0: the audience that you're, the readers that you are. The
1: audience is parents, well, especially for parents who aren't comfortable or don't know how to bring up the subject or don't, they themselves don't know. And it's even for people who think they know, oh, I'm okay with gay people, I know how to handle this, I know how to talk to kids, but there's certain things they don't realize that are still Shouldn't be issues out there in the real world, but are. So it kind of, oh, it, I've heard from people like, yeah, I thought I knew everything I knew, or, but they, it gave them a new perspective. My aunt, who's 82, you know, uh, and again, they were brought up in a certain time, and, right. you know, she probably had certain beliefs. And she said she it really changed her mind about certain things, especially, you know, even two mom and two dad families. A lot of people have said, well, if they're missing a mother now, or missing the father. Isn't that a problem?
0: But is your is your is your aunt eighty two? Is she? I still want to, you know, she's not the majority. She's not the common eighty two year old. I mean, luckily for you, she she was like, you know, oh great, I'll I'll I understand now. But you know, I, I guess I'm I'm wondering for all the ones that so regimented and they're so um, uh, close-minded, and you know, they've been raised a certain way for eighty two years. Their 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 parents were told them blah blah blah. You know, it's embedded in
1: them. Yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah, some people, you're not going to, they, they wouldn't even read a book like this. They wouldn't pick it up. So right. if someone is closed, and they're not going to change their mind about anything. I mean, and we kind of saw that with the elections and, right. you right. know, politics. Like they are just, they don't care about facts. They don't care about, just right. they're set in their ways. Nothing's going to change their mind. So yeah, people like that. But I, oh, you know what's interesting? Another signing, there was a woman came up. She was probably in her 60s. And she asked if in, the, in the Q&A, like, is it, is it a choice or something like that or to be gay? And I said, no, you're pretty much born that way. But when she came up to get her book signed, she told me the reason she asked was her granddaughter just came out as a lesbian who was 15. And the grandmother herself was having trouble with that. She just didn't understand it. And how, here old she was the, at the,
0: how old was the grandmother, do you
1: think? She was probably in her 60s, I think. Her granddaughter was 15. Yeah. Okay. And, but here she was getting this book, attending this
0: lecture, making a, whatever. Making an effort.
1: And trying to, yeah, so that's all you can ask and that, you know, so hopefully that, that's the goal of the book is those kind of stories in it will help people understand or, and like you said, some people will just never get it or never understand. Sometimes if someone sees a movie, it changes their mind. I had someone, she read my book, she loved it. She's a teacher and she said she used to think it was wrong, yeah, for same-sex marriage, but a movie she saw, I forget the name of it, changed her mind on that. So movies, are, and I mentioned movies in the book and TV shows that also are helpful. With the characters so out, on them,
0: so out of the forty, was any challenging ones or sort of like God, I can not get through you people. Like, was any were all the forties happy, clappy? They wanted to like kind of great stories, or, or who was the challenging ones? If were yeah, any- most
1: of them were were good. And I, you know, I interviewed some transgender people, and for me that was new. I don't, I didn't know as much about that. Um, I think most people they, if I asked them to be interviewed and they agreed, they obviously were okay with it. Um, some people are more timid than others and you know maybe don't share as much and all that but most of them were very nice I got to meet and again this is pre-COVID so I could actually meet a lot of people in person if they were close enough but I also did a lot of um, well we didn't do Zoom yet even then right. but I did phone calls and um, I also did uh, surveys online a lot of people filled out surveys so i yeah. So the sur-
0: so Speaking of the survey, what 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 was that like? What is the survey in that in that category? In that
1: yeah, I did. Um, I think five or six different ones. Someone told me about Survey Monkey or something like that, and so I put a question. So if the th- question was for uh, people who come out to k- nieces and nephews, and so I came up with like six. I, I don't remember what the questions are right now, but different questions. You know, maybe how old they were when you came out to them, how they took it. Uh, did girls re- react differently than boys, than boys. So, so they would answer those questions and um, you know I just got a small group of people that went online and did that I you know, it's but it was interesting They were anonymous the surveys, right. so those I don't really know but and it was interesting Like the age of when to come out or bring up the subject o- Almost always was younger is better because if you wait It seems like something's wrong with it if you're hiding something or um, so and if they're asking questions, you don't need to answer more than they're asking you know just but um and again most if they're younger they're okay with it as they're getting older if they're in junior high school they're hearing some negative things so now it's harder to
0: it's also when i mean this happened when i came out in the 70s it's very different than coming out now 2021 or 2020 it's a whole different ball game school system is different yeah bullies might exist here and there but it's just a very different um generation
1: Yeah. And Um, it is much easier now. So much has changed, but it's amazing how in certain areas of the country that are conservative or because of religion or whatever, it's not as, it's a a, a bigger issue than it should be or you'd think. And even with, you know, you could get fired for being gay. I think you still can in some states, or I think maybe they finally, Florida. it it keeps going back and forth. You know, so if your parents are gay, relatives are gay, and you're a kid, you're like, wait, my my father could be fired from his job just because he's gay. So they're being told there's something wrong right. with that. So, right. yeah.
0: So chapter 10, which you have a support group, resources uh, for the family, of the LGBTQ. Uh, what were the resources? Obviously, um, some of them not even know they exist.
1: Yeah, well, some of them I didn't know existed even, and I should have. Like PFLAG is a great organization for parents of uh, gay and lesbian teenagers. I didn't teenagers. know
0: what, PFLAG, what is PFLAG?
1: okay it was originally parents of uh and friends of lesbians and gays oh
0: okay
1: now it's a little bit more what you know so it's a great so they have meetings and a lot of times parents come with the kids sometimes come by themselves but they get to interact with other parents whose kids have come out to them and you know it's it's amazing to see how just hearing other people talk and it's okay it helps those other people it's a really great support group and i don't know i met someone somewhere and she I think told me about it and she invited me to a meeting because I I told her I was writing this book about, you know, talking to kids about LGBT issues and all that. And I was just, it was so, I just felt, and I've gone to their meetings a few, quite a few more times and I even marched with them in gay pride parades Um, and Ellen, um, Betty DeGeneres, Ellen's mom marched with us twice and stuff. So um, it's a great organization, PFLAG. Um, And then there's another one called Collage, which is for kids who are, again, I think I have gay parents and it's but it's, it's an organization they can do things together and they have that bond and stuff. Um, and, oh, uh, Family Equality Council was also another good organization. I mean, there's not really quite a few, I think, I forget how many I mentioned in that chapter. Um, but yeah, I got to really meet some really good people and they, they, they do a lot of good work um, for families. For, and some of them are for, oh, two, um, Pop Luck Club is for two moms, I mean two dad families. It's just for two dad families. It's Tom. an organization out here in California.
0: It's called What's it called again?
1: Pop Luck Club. Which one? Pop Luck Club.
0: Never have heard never heard of
1: it. Yes, yeah. for two dad families.
0: Only after yeah, there's dad one, you
1: know. So I interviewed them yeah, and they so they do things together as, you know, they um and I interviewed a, a I'm going to forget some of these names, but um, yeah, that's a good organization too. So, so the
0: chapter about the closet, the uncle in the closet, was that about you?
1: Well, so that's because that's where the whole book idea came from. So I, it, I made that the first chapter. And yeah, it was a lot of it was because um, it was like you, we didn't talk about, like, and I didn't really, wasn't bringing a companion home. For, we, we I lived far away. So when I was home for the holidays, I, I was by myself. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like right. I'm bringing some strange, although no, years no, ago- no I asked. I've right question. so and so that's why even my other sister's kids I didn't know if they knew so my book was in a way of kind of if they didn't know yet this is they do the what I'm telling them I dedicated the book to them you know on the second page and then for Christmas they all got a copy but but then again they were older by this point and because I was I think because I was writing the book I was like okay oh, my other sister said well should I just let them know I said yeah you know this way It's not a surprise. And she found out that her daughter already figured it out. I don't know how old she was, like 13. So here's
0: the other question. What happens? I don't feel the answer or not. I mean, I can tell you in my case, when the kids are okay, but the parents are not. Because we're in a generation now where the kids get older and they have no issue. But the parents were, like in my case, a different generation. They just cannot uproot from that. They can't even find a way to, like, you know, become even human. My opinion.
1: Yeah, no, so, that's, and a, a lot of people who that did happen to, yeah, the uh, adults are okay. Yeah, I mean, the nieces and nephews are okay, but the brother oh or sister of them is not. I was, they my both my, my siblings were all okay with it, I think. Once I came out very, very late, though, like really late to my parents. How late? But like in my 30s, early 30s, I think, or mid, early 30s, I think, something like that. Absolutely. Um, so five years ago. No, it's more. <laughs> um, yeah, so. And then, yeah, like you said, the, the nieces and nephews are the younger generation. They are really more okay with it. Um, in fact, that's what I, I interviewed Caroline Shores, who's the daughter of Del Shores. And she, um, yeah, she was kind of saying that, that this new generation really gets. And with transgender, too, it's, it's again, that's one's it's a little bit harder.
0: Problematic. very problematic,
1: very yeah. yeah. But the younger people, because they're, you know, they're just more, I don't want to say educated, but not as... Um,
0: it's just a different generation. It's just, yeah, they're, they're seeing
1: more. There's more information for them to realize. And there's more people that people know. This is the thing. Once people know a gay person or a transgender person or, um, and they get to know them, they oh, they're just like everyone else. If they've never met anyone, uh, they're just going by what they've heard or, what, or, or what's been told to them for years and years or what people used to believe. Yeah.
0: And what their school is like when they grew up as far as their parents' school when they grew up. You know that's all plays a role. So, was any remedy in the end? Because I can't find a remedy in my case. Oh, for you
1: mean talking to them and stuff? You mean well, or the, to or, the
0: to the parents because their parents? Are still oh, young.
1: um, I mean, again, it's one of those things. And again, if someone's older, they're more stuck in their ways too, and they're more stubborn. Or uh, so if they're, oh, I think sometimes it's just a time thing. It, it, the next time lifetime. Goes, well, okay. hopefully not that long. Ago, <laughs> but I think some people do. You know, a lot of people when they find out their kids are gay, they they're not okay with it at all. It's just a show. But then they just need time, right? To because their whole world has been like, oh wait, this isn't what. And it just depends how open minded they are, or right. how, how right. I don't know right. what right. is liberal yeah. or whatever. Yeah. But 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 if they if they have, I mean, which you know, it, as if you're gay, it takes you time to accept it for yourself. So in some ways, you I can had no time at
0: all. I, I was kind of day one.
1: You, you 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 were okay with it right away? Oh really? One, yeah. Oh, Okay. Yeah. I I don't think that's the. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think you're in the minority, but I think that's a better way to be. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. um, so you
0: we have time to catch on the last one. You just wrote another book, um, yeah. which, um, titled caring to send the life out of me. Yes. Was that because you were a caterer or was that because I, you had the life left out of you? Is it because all of the above?
1: <laughs> I, I've been doing catering for like, because I do acting and writing and all that, a lot of times most creative people or musicians, artists do a side thing. And a lot of times it's catering right. because that is a good thing. It's The flexibility is, is great. You know, you can be an out-of-work actor, but not a starving out-of-work actor. Right. Um, so I've done it in New York first for many years and then I moved out to California and there were just a lot of nightmares and I call them fluster cucks. And I'm like, you know what, I sh- I'm going to put this in a book like it's because it's things that happen. Plus, a lot of guests don't know what they should and shouldn't do at a cater event or what they're doing is making it a nightmare for the- everything from when you come out with a tray of food and attacking. Um, you know, there was one guy Guy I saw at an event where he came out with a tray of food. This wasn't the catering company I worked for. And he was so tired of them attacking them, he put the tray of hors d'oeuvres on the floor. And the people still like just dove down and t- attacked him. And then he, he picked up the empty plane and goes, you people are crazy. Like, and he ran away. But I mean, it, people sometimes are like that. You could, have the shit up
0: if you, you could even ride the shit up if you tried. but I guess you wrote, you wrote it down. I mean, you couldn't make it up,
1: but. Right. I mean, I, there was a lot of fun. I worked like a, a, a three-year-old birthday party for twins. that was a $5 million event, which was is crazy. Like three years old, they're not going to remember it. And they did the Willy Wonka theme and, they actually put a chocolate river in their backyard and they had synchronized swimmers in the three pools that they had and $50,000 bars of caviar on the table. So there's a lot of fun stories. I mean, not every event was horrible. A lot of them were kind of interesting and fun and I, celebrities. I got to see Olivia John Johnson at an event who I love. So, but there's a lot of humorous stuff in there. And I also have some stories from other people that I've worked with. And one of those on actually uh, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Uh, she plays Zelda on there, Matilda Sidakis. And uh, so, and my friend Doug Campbell, I interviewed because I used to cater with him. And he's directed like 20 Lifetime movies since then. So I like to see people who've done other creative things. Um, but it was a fun book to write. And I, during the pandemic, I, I had a lot of more time. I'm like, well, let me just work more on this. Right. And let me just put it out. And so, I, yeah, I did. The Rainbow Relatives was published by Skyhorse Publishing. And I got Matt Wagner as a literary agent. But the catering book, I just... Uh, self-published and, and put that out, you know, so they're both on Amazon and stuff, and uh So and then,
0: out, of, um, uh, out of songwriting, out of uh, scripts, out of the books, which one is, would you say, you know, I love the
1: most? I think, in a way, songwriting, I mean, it's quicker than writing a 90-page script, you know, or 100
0: pages Well, I mean, I, see easier, I mean, obviously, you know, its is not necessarily funner,
1: but what's the, but, what, out of the three, what where,
0: where would you say my heart is?
1: I, it's probably still there because I do love music, but I love writing anything. Whatever idea comes, like I, I have like ten or twelve feature film scripts, and one of them is Walk Among My Products, which is on Amazon Prime. But the others are sitting here gathering dust. <laughs> um, yeah, but they'll get me. I know some of them will get made. And uh, but yeah, so probably songs. And then scripts next, screenwri- screenplays. I do like, I do enjoy. It. It's a lot of work, but I do enjoy it a lot. Uh, books, I never thought I'd write, but I had the idea for that book, and then. The uh, and and Yeah. Book. And then how can you the life right out of me? And I do have a gift humor book I'm working on, but I think my stronger point, my stronger, I'm be, probably uh, going to use the word easier again to write songs than the other ones, but, and I enjoy, it. I probably enjoy them all. I do. Obviously that's why I do right. it, but right. yeah.
0: Rick, um, it was a pleasure. Uh, yes. Thank you. I you. learned a lot. Um, okay. So both books are on Amazon.
1: Yeah. And uh, I think, oh, Calabasas, uh, Barnes and Noble has four signed copies or a few signed copies. So people live there.
0: The best of luck to you. Thank
1: Thank you for coming
0: on and uh, be safe. Everyone else. See you next time. Next week, that is. And we'll talk to you soon. Take care, Rick.
1: Thanks.